Hey, welcome to Pickled Parables. My name's Jesse. We're entering into a new topical series. And this is called the, the Do Nots, or the, the Do Not series. We only have three of these planned out, but each one focuses on some bad practices that Christians may encounter among other Christians or that we may personally practice. Now, I, I want to present these topics with a self-awareness. This is called the do-nots because these are things that we, that we shouldn't do, but sometimes people do them. And I want to have this self-awareness throughout this little series because I think it would be helpful if we angled our perspectives into a light that could help us understand the problem and really why it's a problem. So please be aware, I'm not advocating for these things. <laughs> I'm presenting it with a spotlight so that we can clearly see what the problem is. So with that in mind, please enjoy this uh, hot take on how to weaponize the Bible for your own personal use. Let's set up a scenario. Let's say we're in a, a disagreement with somebody, and despite this heated argument, you, you realize there's not going to be a, a clear winner. And so you, you're in this argument, and you're, you're trying to think of a way out. And then you remember something that, that might let you have the last word. And, you know, as we all know, if you can't win the disagreement, then you might as well control the ending. So you pull out a Bible in a dramatic fashion. You flip over to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew, and you read out with all sorts of sarcasm, Judge not that you be not judged. Now, not only did you turn to a source that many people consider to be authoritative, right, the Bible, but you quoted a statement that Jesus himself made. And the great thing about this quote is that when isolated from the rest of Jesus' statement, it could be interpreted to mean that nobody really has authority to declare what is right or what's wrong. So for this example, in this metaphorical disagreement, you, you may not have won the, the argument, but you, you kind of did because you invalidated their side of the argument and you had the last word. Because honestly, what, what could anyone say to that? So I want to talk to you today about how you can do that, how you can weaponize the Bible for your own personal use. And it's, it's actually pretty easy. You, you just three steps and you can become really good at it. So here, here they are. Step one, don't be afraid to use only part of a biblical statement. If, if we were to take that verse, right, that we used for our argument scenario, then you would see that it was at the end of a sermon, Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. And not only was it at the end of a collected thought, but it was the beginning of a full statement. So here's why it would be good for us to, to take only part of that. The value would be that we would be able to control 
that statement's meaning because we would take it out of its uh, any, any sort of context. The interpretation becomes dependent on the individual. Now, this takes us to step two, and we've already kind of done this, but you do it a little bit more. Take things out of context. The, the, the framework of the, the statement of the, the judge not, right? Judge not that you be not judged. The, the framework of that statement is that it's the beginning of Jesus's summarization of his sermon. Jesus had just given a detailed message and he was summing up the main points that he wanted to be communicated. This, this is the full statement. I'll, I'll read it. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how could you say to your brother, here, let me take that speck out of your eye, when there's a log in your own eye? You're a hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So we can clearly see Jesus was calling out hypocrisy and this, this uh, holier-than-thou attitude, right? He, he was presenting the mindset needed for those who wanted to apply his teachings that he just presented. He continued on with another now-famous statement, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do to them, for this is the law and the prophets meaning that this is the attitude or the, the mindset behind all of the law and, and the prophets. Jesus was presenting the conclusion of his sermon, the things needed to apply his teachings. Now, none of this is useful for people who want to, you know, use the Bible as a weapon. So that's why we would need to take a portion of Jesus' statement and then remove the context from it. That allows us to, to have a little more um, wiggle room, right? That allows us to apply a new, more fitting meaning to it. Like, for instance, the simple statement of judge not lest you be judged, well, it, it gives the impression, just that statement, it gives the impression that, that no one's able to correct another person about what's right or what's wrong because you know, if, if you judge somebody, then you're just going to be judged by somebody else. It, it becomes a circle. It, it levels the playing field. No one has authority over another person. It, it's great. It has the potential to knock somebody down a peg, or you could use it to protect yourself from unwanted criticism. Now, step three I'll add here, this, this one's not totally necessary, but it can be helpful, so I'll, I'll include it. Step three is to paraphrase the statement. This one's great, especially, especially if you're having a hard time making a Bible verse uh, can't say what you want it to say, or if you need to just make it have a new meaning. You just change the words a little bit, or maybe just you know, move some words around, add a couple words, and that way you just get a little more flexibility out of them. Here, I'll get I'll, a fairly common example of what this could look like uh, is from 1 Timothy 6.10. It says, 
or, or this is the paraphrase, right? The, the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, that, that sounds like something the Bible could say, right? What it actually says is the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Now, this paraphrase may not sound like much changed, but that's why it works, right? Because if you wanted to create an absolute statement about money, that about how it can ruin your life, then this is one way that you could say it. And you could say it with the power of Scripture behind you. Now, what Paul's doing, like what he's actually doing, is he's, he's giving Timothy a, a warning. This is a letter from Paul to Timothy. And he's, he's, he's letting him know about a danger. But if you wanted to go further than Paul, then you could make it sound more pertinent. You know, you, you may actually have good intentions with this one. But you still have to practice the, the three steps in order to control the meaning. And, and that's, that's it. That's how you do it. With three easy steps, you can make the Bible say whatever you want. Okay, on, on a more serious note, this is a real thing. This is a, a real approach that people have towards the Bible. And so we need to ask. We need to look at this. We need to ask, where does this come from? What's the attitude behind this? What's the problem here? Really, why is it a problem? Okay, well, as noted earlier, the Bible is considered to be authoritative to many people. And so right there, there is a power that it holds. Now, let let me be clear here. That's not the, the reason for the Bible's power, but it's, it's definitely uh, an, an effect of its power. And so since the Bible has an influence over people, it, it has the potential to be commandeered, to, to be misused. Now, the attitude needed for this misuse is, is one of self-interest. And, you know, that's kind of frightening because that's something that we all have. We all carry this attitude, especially, especially in the West. We live with a focus on personal fulfillment and happiness. And strangely, we often come to the Bible hoping that it will reinforce and like, uh, encourage the way that we want to live. And so often we take what we like from the Bible and then we leave the rest. But then there are those who take it a little further. These people take the Bible and become proficient with wielding its influence over people. They manipulate not only the words of the Bible, but the people who respect it. And this is more than a misuse. This is an abuse of Scripture. And the attitude behind this practice is one of individualistic gain. That's the problem. Weaponizing the Bible for our own personal use is is like using medical tools to, to injure someone. The Bible was not designed 
to be a weapon. The Bible was designed for two purposes. One, to glorify God, and two, to instruct his children. The appropriate approach that we should have towards the Bible is one of respectful interest, a a mindset focused on the message of the text. So, simply put, we should let the Bible speak for itself. You know, in the States, the Bible has become a cultural icon for many people, right? Like in courtrooms, we swear on the Bible. We can find one in every hotel room, usually tucked away in a drawer. We know quotes from the Bible. It's, it's like the best-selling book in the world, you know? It's known. The Bible is very well known. But it's rarely understood by the general public. And honestly, that's because there's nothing like it. There's nothing to compare it to. The Bible is filled with almost 10 different types of literary genre, (laughs) meaning that it has a lot to say and a lot of different ways of saying it. The Bible has history, poetry, and proverbs. It has wisdom books, prophecies, the, the gospel accounts, and epistles. Even the construction of the Bible, it took over a thousand years to write out. And that that means that around 40 different people had a hand in writing it. And that's amazing because it's completely and utterly impossible for 40 people removed from each other to write a book that communicates a unified message without contradiction. Yet with the Bible, that's what we have. The Bible tells a unified story from its beginning pages to its very last. And that story is told through history, through poetry, through proverbs and prophecies, the gospel accounts and epistles. When allowed to, when allowed to speak without interruption, the Bible has a beautiful message to, to share with us. And we're given a hint as to what that message is by a, by a term that the Bible uses when it refers to its own writings. It refers to itself as the Word of God. And the Bible is the Word of God because it communicates what He once said. God partnered with people and, and who, were, who were each allowed to write in their own writing style and to, to use their own words. But God partnered with them to communicate what he wanted to be said. That's the reason why the Bible is considered to be authoritative by many people and parable ministries included. Because the, the words of the Bible were directed and inspired by God himself. So when we come to the Bible, we're not coming to our our grandfather's artifact. We're coming to a book that is brimming with life-changing stories. We're we're coming to a book that, that applies to every aspect of life. This is a book that holds a divine invitation. This book is the word of God. 
So when we weaponize the Bible for our own use, we're taking something that is very good and we're using it for something that is very bad. Hey, thanks for listening today. This little series, it's short, but it's it's potent. It, it might step on a couple toes in the coming weeks. But it's really important to reaffirm the Bible's purpose. The way we treat the Bible reflects how we think about God. Are we trying to take God and make Him fit into our lives? Or are we willing to submit ourselves into His eternal plan? If you're interested in thinking more about this idea, we have a meditational on our website that talks more about the value of the Bible. You can go look it up at our website at parableministries.com. If you get to the website, you can, you'll see the homepage. You just click on the little hamburger, the little menu thing in the top right corner, and then it opens up. You'll see a resources tab. You click on that, and you see an option for meditationals. And you click on that, and then you find the title which is called the Word of God. Now, next time, we're going to look at church and the importance of Christian community. We talked a little bit about this uh, last week, but next week, we're going to dive specifically into uh, attending church and specifically the, the importance of the church body. Be sure to join us then. And hey, thank you for joining me today. In closing, let me read from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. Let us strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Amen.